Welcome back to Podcast Runway, <laughs> the only Project Runway podcast hosted by two heterosexual men in their 20s. You got to clear these intros with me, man. You can't <laughs> You can't just go hard left turn off script. Podcast So is there a Podcast Runway? There's got to be. I actually, you know what? I did Google it. There's it there is, but there it's not called Podcast Runway, which is a missed opportunity. <sighs> that is a big miss. Yeah. Dude, t- we got to copyright this whole thing, and they yep. need to send you some money. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Yep. All right, we will. See. That's going to be our uh, our next uh, project. <laughs> is is <Runway>. starting podcast <laughs> runway and also <laughs> watching uh, project. Wow, that like that it's, fucked with my head. It's hard Pod- to say, right? Yeah, podcast runway, project runway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, anyway, all right. So welcome back to Two Friends, Three Questions. If you were hoping for a podcast runway episode, you are out of luck. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. But we'll try. I guess we'll get as close as we can to that kind of content. Yeah, sure, sure. If you're into that. Um, here's some cool content that we do have planned for later on in the episode. So stick around. Uh, Eli was just telling me that he got maced today. No, not to, no, not, not today. today. Not uh, today. Earlier in the week, I did in fact get maced. Uh, it is a hundred percent real. Maybe not as bad as you think it is, but it it was a very crazy thing that happened. So if you're interested, stick around. I will regale everyone with that tale. Now, was it mace or was it pepper spray? All indications lead to mace. <laughs> okay. uh, no, that's a that's a good answer. I think the best answer is if you know the difference between mace and pepper spray. Why? Well, we'll get into it later. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. I'm so I'm so excited. Okay. Um, you want to just start off with a lightning round? Lightning round. It is. Question one: Do you have a favorite episode of The Office? Um. I, I'm sure I do. I think the fire episode is one of my favorites. That's a good one. Wait, where there's a there's a couple of fire episodes. You're the right, one... actually. <laughs> uh, not not Ryan in the pita pocket, but the gotcha. um, okay. Uh, the uh, the one where Dwight uh, does the fire. Yeah, drill. where Dwight. Yeah, Dwight. Okay, yes, yes, that's a good one. The reason that one's my favorite is just because the writing in that whole episode. There's no. There's like nothing longer than 10 seconds without there being a joke. Like, especially oh, yeah. that first part, it's just like joke, joke, just joke, constant, joke, joke. Yeah. And, and it's, they're all. Yeah. And it, it's just, yeah, it's one of those scenes too where like if you, like, there's constant jokes. So you, if you don't pay attention, you're going to miss one. Like, yeah, yeah. Like Kevin, like my favorite part of that is Kevin throwing the uh, chair through the vending machine. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's freaking out and Kevin just like busts open the vending machine. Yeah. And, and even like, I think the scene immediately after that, uh, in the boardroom with Michael and Dwight, it's just some of the best comedy. Yeah, like right. it's so well written. 
everyone plays it well i that's that i think that's one of the strongest episodes of the office oh and then with the dummy later yes yes and it it's it it highlights every character it's that show firing on all cylinders yep absolutely that's a great one great great answer um my i think mine would probably have to be either uh the 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 dinner party episode where jim and pam go over to michael's for the dinner party that's a pretty popular one yeah such a good one that one or when michael burns his foot on the foreman (laughs) (laughs) also good yes Yes, those those are solid picks for sure i think so i think so uh okay question two do you have a nickname for your penis uh not really but i do like to use the phrase vitamin e since my name so since my name is eli i'll be like you know you need some vitamin e uh i say the same thing but except for vitamin d d for dick right so i get to personalize it to my name which is kind of cool you know so i kind of get away with that uh has it worked i'd like to think so (laughs) i'd like to think that's the main majority that i've slept with women yeah for sure yeah just uh yeah stuff like that (laughs) (laughs) just those gold (laughs) all right (laughs) okay uh question three when is the last time you got day drunk uh it is about eight seventeen. <laughs> uh, no, um, I really don't. I there hasn't been a lot in my life where I've gotten day drunk. Uh, it's definitely happened. Man, I don't know. I have never got as drunk during the day as I have gotten at night. Hmm, that's fair. Now, I've drank during the day, especially on, like, a day off when it's a nice day and I'm out and I'm doing stuff with, like, friends. If we're, like, mm-hmm. going out to eat and then we're, like, hanging out, doing something outside, you know, I'll definitely have quite, like, <laughs> I'll definitely drink a lot. Um, well, but, no, sure. like, you know, like, you know, you, you know, cr- cracking open a cold one with the boys, you know, oh, that kind yeah. of thing. But, no, I, I, I honestly can't remember hmm. being, like, actually drunk during the day. Okay. Uh, One of my friends will remind me, I'm I'm sure. sure. (laughs) If it helps, I'll go ahead and share my story because I can remember because mine was about a month ago uh, for St. Patrick's Day. Uh, Uh, We went over to a friend's house and uh, we had a keg and eggs. (laughs) It's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. You just uh, drink a bunch of beer uh, and eat some eggs. And uh, so, yeah, celebrate uh, St. Patty's Day. So we started that at 9 a.m. And then we hung out there for a while, and then around noon, there was a bar here in town that was having a St. Patty's Day celebration all day, so uh, we went there at around noon, so three hours into drinking, and had some green beer, and uh, they were doing one of those like systems where you have to like pay for the tickets, and then you use the tickets for the beer. It's kind of confusing, So, and I got really oh. confused, so I basically gave them like 40 bucks, and they were like, okay, here's $40 of tickets, and I was like wait so then i had to drink 40 dollars worth of beer and wow. i did wow. <laughs> i i made every penny back man <laughs> wow so uh yeah did, that was bad i was i, I left at 5 p.m just completely trashed 
Damn, dude, that right? is a St. Patty's Day. Didn't <laughs> yeah, throw boo. up, though? Did not throw up. Still to so, this day. Not once. So, so I was talking to some friends about it because I still find that insane so here's what i've here's what i've pieced together because i don't because that was that's my initial reaction when you haven't drank enough so i'm and and you seem to take offense to that but what i realize is that it's true that you haven't drank enough to vomit but the reason being is the reason you vomit in the first place is because you have alcohol poisoning so mm. you haven't got alcohol poisoning. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah, I guess I guess that kind of makes sense. I am a bigger guy, so it does. It probably would take quite a bit for me to get actual alcohol poisoning. And I don't know why that plays such a role. Obviously, yeah, your body mass. But yeah, I think you you've always had a little. What'd bit you more. say about my fucking body mass? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your giant say it again. exuding body mass. <laughs> No, at this point, actually, since you've like lost a fair amount of weight since I've known you, you're kind of not that big. Like yeah. you're kind of you're 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 bordering on being a tiny dude. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. That's the plan. Because you're not that tall. No, not at all. So, but yeah, no, I'm I five, think five seven, I, five eight. Really, the whole thing is that that's a good thing because I think it also means that you you drink a lot, but I think you do try to do it in a way that's fairly responsible. I've also yeah, seen sometimes. you drink other things while you drink, and I don't do that. So, like, you you have just avoided alcohol poisoning, which is great. I have woke well, up at 3 p.m. the next day, vomited, went back to sleep, woke up at 7 at, that night, and then puked. Like, uh, I, I should have gone to the hospital. Yeah, that's not great. Now, that was a long time ago in my early days of yeah. not knowing how to drink properly. The secret to my success is drinking two two glasses of water before bed, like forcing yourself to drink two glasses of water. And then on the on the one hand, you have to wake up every 15 minutes to pee. But on the other hand, when you do finally wake up in the morning, essentially like no hangover. Right. And that's the problem I have. I drink two beers before I go to bed. Yeah. You know, after a heavy <laughs> night of drinking. So that's, that's probably why I get alcohol poisoning. Maybe, Anyways, maybe. <laughs> I just wanted to share that tidbit. Cool. Cool. So yeah, no, uh, no stories on the last time you got day drunk. No, I, that really didn't jog anything, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> which makes sense, I guess. Right. <laughs> I'm sure somebody out. will remind me. I'll sure, have to ask so. more people. Okay, cool. Well, uh, that was question number three. So all you. All right. Passing the buck. Here we go. Uh, Mitch, do you actually like using contacts? Do you find it to be convenient? Uh, yeah. I mean, Spoiler yes alert, and no. Mitch uses podcast. Or uh, fuck. Mitch. <laughs> I haven't even drank yet. Mitch, uh, Mitch uses contacts. Yeah. Um, I wish that I've thought about getting the Lasix, but something about something freaks me out, like with the lasers that yeah, close shooting to your lasers eye. in your like, eye. Yeah. I know it's something that they do all the time, but I still wouldn't like feel comfortable with it. Um, so for now, I'm totally cool with contacts because I hate glasses. They, whenever I do wear my glasses, I, it gives me like a headache. And also, I like to wear sunglasses as much as possible. And you can't wear sunglasses over glasses or else you look like a douchebag. Oh, absolutely. It does not work. Uh, I wear glasses, so that's why I'm asking the question. Um, <laughs> have you thought about switching over to contacts? Yeah, I have a lot. All my all my other uh, glasses wearing friends talk me out of it. Um, really? Yeah, they they always like. They, I don't know. They always talk me out of it. Um, but yeah, because I because that's the biggest thing is I want to accessorize. I want to wear sunglasses because mm -hmm. you look good in sunglasses. I appreciate you. 
I, I can go on record and say that I look pretty damn good in sunglasses. Damn right. Um, you know what I don't like about me in sunglasses, though, is if I wear the like NASCAR style sunglasses, you know, where they're really like slick back. I look like so white trashy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I would venture to say most people look super white trash with the NASCAR style sunglasses. <sighs> It fits really well for me, though. Yeah. Like, it's uncomfortable. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So that's the first one. Uh, Mitch. So, have you actually read any Anne Ran? Because <laughs> the reason um, I bring it up is you, you've made a few jokes. We actually, joke I think, about it a lot. I, th- I think, like, in the first podcast episode, you, you made an Anne Rand reference, which at the time I wasn't able to <laughs> bounce off with you. Uh, but I was like, man, he hasn't fucking read any Anne Rand. Yeah. But, uh, no, but I, uh, no, but I know enough about it to know that uh, it's 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 just funny to I don't know joke about she's she's a she's a good punching bag, um, but I, so we were forced to read in high school. We were forced to read, I believe, the Fountainhead in high school, and I read the Spark Notes of it. Uh, I didn't read the whole book. <laughs> right, <laughs> I read the Spark Notes, and to this day, I absolutely forget everything that it's about uh but i just know that (laughs) she is kind of famous for being like crazy and a little bit uh borderline communism communist maybe uh i don't know i might be getting some things wrong (laughs) Uh, yeah i think she supports like socialistic ideas yeah sure sure. um well one of my one of my top five books is by her so that's why i bring it really okay yeah but it's it's a shorter less dense one it's called anthem and it's okay. a it's like a dystopian future kind of book but gotcha it's written in a really really interesting style it's like written in the language and the like vernacular of the world that she created hmm. so it doesn't read like a normal book at all and that blew my mind when i was young so i'm pretty sure i stole the copy i have from like uh, this is gonna make me sound douchey, but it was in elementary school. <laughs> um, it's not a dense book, so you can read it as an elementary school kid. Um, and I was into it, so I stole it. <laughs> that is a little douchey. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter, man. That's uh, not gonna lie. Pretty fucking pretentious. <laughs> um. <laughs> all right. Last question. Uh. So tell us. T- tell everybody a little bit about your woodworking. Okay. Um, Not really much of a question, but... Yeah, no, that's that's cool, though. Um, so, yeah, for those of you that don't know, I dabble in woodworking a little bit. Um, I kind of started to get into it because my grandpa was always in, into it, so uh, it was something we could kind of, you know, bond over. And uh, so that... Um, actually, you know what it was? So a combination of that and the... I read the book uh, Paddle Your Own Canoe by Nick Offerman, and to this day, one of the best books I've ever read. And he talks about, you know, being a man and kind of like the uh, the tenets of growing up. And uh, yeah, one of the things in there, he has a chapter on woodworking. And um, that really kind of like kickstarted me into thinking like, okay, I actually would kind of like to um, become better at, you know, a new craft. And um, there's something just badass about just breaking out a saw and just cutting up some wood and uh you know being really good at that kind of stuff so um, yeah. i started yeah <clears throat> so i started just like with some small stuff like i built some like shelves for my room and uh an end table and 
then after a while, like me and uh, me and Erica kind of started a uh, Etsy store uh, where we were building some. Uh, well, basically, what what it was for for coffee snobs, it, it's uh, the the coffee snobs drink pour overs, and something that's really cool is uh, called a pour over stand, and it's basically just this little piece of like you know wood that we made out of like wood and uh, uh black uh black steel, and you could use just like rest your little like pour over thing on top of it, and it drips the coffee down into the coffee mug. So um, hipsters will pay a lot of money for that. I found out. So we had kind of a fun little side hustle selling those oh, right. things on Etsy. So for a while there, I was like getting tired of doing it because we were doing we were doing so well. So um <laughs> yeah, so that's probably one of the big the bigger things I was doing. Um, not sure. I've done, yeah, my woodworking, I haven't made anything too intricate, but I, I got into like uh, uh, cigar box guitars for a while. That's super fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and like, I think that's why I wanted to bring it up is because you are honestly like pretty damn good at it. I've seen you improve at it. And then every now and then, like, I'll walk through your house. I'll be like, oh, this is kind of cool. Where'd you guys get this? And you'll be like, oh, I made that. Yeah. I'm just like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, what do you mean? And it's like a fucking Ottoman. And like, <laughs> right. I'm like, what the fuck? What do you mean you made that? <laughs> it's just such a weird skill for you to have because it is a more, it is a very manly skill, like a typical right. manly skill. And it's just this weird thing that you're good at. Um, but I've seen you practice and like put in the time and you've gotten better at it. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a cool thing. I, it's, I got mad respect for your woodworking skills. So I find thanks, a reason man. to bring it up in conversations a lot. Thank, thanks, man. Appreciate it. All right, Mitch. Well, that's my lightning round question. All right, cool, cool, cool. So let's get into probably my favorite segment. It's uh, definitely my favorite segment. Yeah, it's really the whole reason why we're doing this whole thing. <laughs> I don't mean to make it sound like alcoholic so much. Uh, I deserve this beer today after yes, what I had to deal do. with at work. So, uh, Mitch, yeah. what you drinking? All right, I am drinking a uh, Founders Brewery uh in uh, grand rapids michigan uh solid gold it's actually just i i decided to kind of take it easy today i didn't go with an ipa like i normally do this is just this premium lager um i don't know what makes it premium but uh it says it on the can uh <laughs> and as always i do have the description pulled up our brewery was built on an attitude of no regrets an attitude of taking risks to bring the best beer possible to our fellow renegades and rebels. Ooh. N- never brewing to style, but always brewing what we want to drink. Our take on a classic solid gold is a drinkable premium lager brewed with the highest quality ingredients. Challenging what a lager can be, that's something we won't regret. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. I like I like their thing. Uh, yeah, that's become that's become one of my favorite parts of this show is to just reading you the douchey marketing <laughs> bullshit that hipster breweries come up with. Right. No, no offense to Founders Brewing, but you know it's douchey. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to make it sound cool and like mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think anybody ever really asked for that, so I don't know why they <laughs> right. have to do that. I like ones where they actually talk about the taste of the beer as opposed to. Uh, Eli, what you drinking? All right, I am drinking. <clears throat> Cidergeist. Ooh, good stuff. Good call. Good call. By Rheingeist. Pretty sure this is my girlfriend's beer. Uh, sorry about that. Didn't have time to go get anything. <laughs> That's um, cool. That's cool. Ain't, ain't a, nothing wrong with that. It is a semi-dry hard cider. And I do 
like ciders quite a bit. Um, I find ciders to be kind of a challenging thing for me because I really like ciders, but they can really be bad. Um, yeah, especially um, have you well have you had the cider guys before? Did you get the red one or the green one? Uh, this is the red one. This is the semi dry hard cider. Okay, I can't remember which one it is, but one of them is super dry. I'm like, hoping it's not this one because it's okay. semi dry, but we'll see. <laughs> All right. So uh, as usual, I did not pull up any description, so I'm just going to read the back <laughs> of the can like I always do. That's cool. Uh, cider fermented to amplify the fragrance and essence of the apple whilst achieving <laughs> a delightful lip smacking dryness. I have not seen the word whilst in a while <laughs> right especially on a beer can right i mean that's if anything's douchey it's probably that mm-hmm. all right so uh i'm gonna take a swig of mine it is very bubbly and has no head which is uh, not a good sign for me yeah probably not probably not is it because you poured it wrong or is it just because the way it is have i ever poured a beer wrong god damn no <laughs> no that's why i said that's totally a joke i literally do it every single time we do this podcast uh, um if i ever poured beer drunk it's the only thing my dad taught me to do well <laughs> that and shaving it's actually a true story it's funny because you have such a big beard <laughs> yeah exactly he only taught me once so that's <laughs> that's why. Uh, Jesus. This is uh this is pretty good actually. It's okay. this, good, this good. almost tastes like apple cider, like alcoholic apple cider. Okay, I can get down on that. Has a warmy the warmy taste of an apple. I don't know whatever that taste is. Sh- sure, sure. Sure. <laughs> whatever you Real say, man. Apple-y. How's How's that founder treating you? Uh it's a lager. Yeah. It's not it's not blowing my socks off or anything, but uh so I love lagers, it's smooth, man. Drinkable. It is okay. It's really good. It's good for a lager. Um, yeah, solid gold premium lager. Yeah, pretty good stuff. Dig. Um, yeah, I would drink this again, definitely. Ten out of ten. <laughs> would drink again. Ten out of ten. D- damn right. All right. So you want to get into it? Yeah. Yeah. Let's. Uh, let's. Oh shit! As I almost knocked my <laughs> headphones off my head. All right. Oh, I did want to point out this cider is 6.2% alcohol, and I have not eaten a day. So let's... Mine is like four. That's what I don't <laughs> like about lagers. <laughs> True. They they do tend to be weaker. It's waste of calories for only 4%? Come on. Ain't worth it. We're going to have to chase this with some vodka. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's uh, get into it. Pitter patter. All right. Eli, what you thinking? Not a lot, man. I'm okay. thinking, thinking you put me on the spot there. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. Um, okay, so the topic I kind of had prepared for today was kind of a fun one. Um, kind of centered around you. I realized that uh, <laughs> I, I realized that I am pretty uh, uh, ill prepared and not qualified to have a podcast, whereas you are slightly more qualified because you have a four-year degree in psychology 
which is actually super cool. Um, in podcasting. Have, <laughs> yes, in podcasting. No, it took me three and a half years to get a two-year degree uh, in business, and I did that because I didn't know what I was going to study. So you actually have a little bit more of an interesting story um, to kind of tell there, and I, I would love to kind of prick your brain about that for a little bit, um, just because I'm sure there's lots of pretty cool stuff there. Um, so my first question is, so you did, you you do have a bachelor's in, in psychology, correct? I have a bachelor of arts in psychology from Wright State University. Okay. Okay. Um, and my, my first question is, what made you want to pursue that as a degree? Uh, that's a good question. I've had a lot of people ask me. So I went with my gut in college uh i have changed my i changed my major four or five times before i finally stuck with psychology um and i'm not exaggerating uh when i started college i started at a community college near my hometown the plan was for me to go two years do all your gen eds uh all that kind of thing uh and then transfer to a four-year uh to finish out your bachelor's degree that is the fucking smartest way to do that. Please do that if you want to get a degree. It is the cheapest way of doing it. Mm-hmm. But anyways, when I started uh, my community college, I wanted to be a nurse. So I was actually in a nursing program. Um, well, I was working towards eventually being accepted into a nursing program. But that's where I started. Um, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a car- like career aspirations. I I didn't, and I highly re- recommend you having those when you start college. I didn't. I just went with my gut, and I took a psychology class as one of my gen eds, psychology one hundred and one, and I really enjoyed learning about it. And then it had a lot of things that I found interesting. I always, I always like really enjoyed talking about those interactions and brain chemistry and things like that uh so that was a big thing for me uh that 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 first psychology class i took in college sparked a lot of interest is the is the short answer Mm -hmm. um now however when i went to when i ended up transferring and going to ccu uh i ended up being I, I changed my major two or three times before I even started. I think at first I was like a, uh, I was in like a ministry degree and then I changed to like worship ministry. Then I was going to just do a music degree. Um, then I think I was going to be like a youth pastor. I don't know. I, <laughs> changed. Uh, no, I considered that for a while too. And now it's shocking. <laughs> right. Right. So, but then I had, so they had, at that college, uh, what they called an early week. So I think Mitch is familiar with this, but you would basically show up a week early before the semester and you would take a semester class in a week. And it was literally nine to five. All I mean, it was something more like fucking seven to five. Yeah, um, it was hell. Yeah, all day, this one class, you'd have like a, I mean, it was brutal. But you would do that because these were gen eds that everyone had to take. And actually, when we went to CCU, you technically double majored. They didn't tell you that when you start. But yeah, you technically would end up with a double major. Hmm. So you would basically, everyone would have their degree. 
and with an emphasis in biblical studies, which basically meant you had two degrees, really. Gotcha. Okay, it, gotcha. Um, so I took an early week and I took a psycho- I took my psychology class and the psychology class for that early week was taught by at the time the head of the psychology department, which uh, who was Dr. Jay Kidwell. And um, Dr. Jay Kidwell is pretty much the reason I majored in psychology. Yeah, um, yeah, he's he's amazing. I had I had him for one of my my psychology classes as well, and the mostly the big reason I wanted to ask you about this is because I enjoyed that class so much that I think if I could go back and do it over again, I think I would like to study that because he was so brilliant and so interesting that it made you know yeah it made the class and the topic really just really like uh, I mean it was interesting I, like it, it, I I would have wanted to learn it because. I genuinely am interested in that. Yeah. Like he, um, he, he, the thing that interests me so much is like his biggest, one of the biggest things he did in his professional career is he worked with Olympic level archers and he developed and taught and published a cure for what they call target panic. So apparently like Olympic archers, when they, when they compete at that level, uh, it's this big mind game they play with their head about like actually hitting the target. So the target kind of becomes this like insurmountable goal and they kind of get what they call target panic and they just, they don't perform well. So this guy, <laughs> uh, helped develop methods on how to cure that and then implemented them and taught it. And I think he, I think he was published because of it. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. He also played the hammer dulcimer and like, he was just a super interesting guy, but he did, but he did, he did present the material and taught it in a way that was very interesting. That was very, very practical and, and pretty illuminating. And then I think after that early week, I was like, I'm just going to major in psychology. And it just kind of started from there. So that's why I got started on psychology. Mm-hmm. Cool. So um, when you kind of decided to go for that as a major, uh, I'm sure in the back of your mind, you were kind of thinking like, okay, well, you know, if I get this degree, then I could potentially do this with my career. What what did you kind of have in mind like that you wanted to do with that? I didn't have a lot of things in mind. And that was the problem. I don't uh, I mean, I'm going to probably end up saying a lot of things. I never regret going to college. I just wish I would have maybe taken a year off and, and really sat down and figured out what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I probably would have majored in film or something. I would have gone a completely different route. Now, as I mean, I don't love psychology and I super love my degree because my degree actually taught me a lot about myself and other people and it has helped me grow a lot as a person. So I don't regret it. Uh, in the same sense, I had no fucking clue what I was doing. So naturally <laughs> when you, when you major in psychology, a lot of people are going to assume that you're going to go into counseling. So that's what happened is everybody was like, Oh, so you're going to, you know, go into therapy. And, you know, I guess I just was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. That sounds reasonable. (laughs) Uh, really having no idea what it takes to be a therapist or a psychologist. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the end, I think I realized that I'm not sure if that's what I want to do. That's what happened at the end of, uh, everything. Cause it actually took me six years to get my bachelor's degree. Cause I transferred schools quite a bit. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it actually took me six years. So at the end of the six years, I was like, no, I do not want to go into therapy. Yeah. Um, but I had no idea. So at the time it seemed that counseling was the next best step. And actually CCU, I don't know if you know, actually does have a very, very good, uh, counseling program. They have right, one of the better right. ones in the, in the country, uh, which is surprising just because it's not a very big school. So I don't know how that right. works out, but yeah, absolutely. 
No, that's definitely fair. Um, yeah, no, I uh, I completely agree with that. Like, I am I'm glad that I went to college um, because I'm glad I, this is the fucked up part. I'm glad I went to college because I'm glad I got the college experience. To me, my degree means nothing. First of all, I only got an associates, so big freaking deal. You can you can get an associates by just filling out some forms. So um, <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> that's still an accomplishment. I don't think so. Um, but but then yeah also i was kind of in the same boat i didn't really know what i wanted to do but you know everybody was kind of telling me like well after high school you should probably go to college so i was like okay well let me go to college while i figure out what i really want to do but then they also don't tell you while you're you know trying to figure out what you want to do you're also paying 15 to twenty thousand dollars a year right (laughs) time is limited which when you're 18 and you take out a student loan, 15 to $20,000 is like, that's nothing. That's like, you know, way later on down the road, I'm going to have to pay that back if ever. Right. Right. <laughs> so um, anyway, yeah, no, back to the, uh, the uh, psychology thing. So um, you mentioned something really cool. You said um, the you, you're glad you did it because you learned uh, a lot about yourself and other people. What are some things that you learned that you still kind of like use in practice every day, either about yourself or stuff, anybody, well, or the human spirit? Basically, I think what I learned a lot is I took, so one of the hardest classes I took, but one of the most illuminating classes I took, I took a, I took a neuroscience class. And look, if you ever meet somebody who is like a neuroscientist or has a degree in neuroscience, they are probably one of the fucking smartest people that you will ever meet. That shit is so dense and so complicated. But mm-hmm. in neuroscience is, you know, just your brain makeup, your brain chemistry and how that functions with everything. So what I learned, though, is that so if you have depression. Uh, now it's now it's different. Um but a lot of people who have depression, literally, they're getting too much serotonin. Uh, well, okay, I'm going to fuck it up because it's been a very long time and I'm I'm out of the psychology game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have not got to practically use my degree, unfortunately. Um, so I might fuck it up. But like a lot of people respond well to what they call SSRIs, which is a serotonin uh, receptor inhibitor. So basically, your body will produce and take well i don't even know if it produces too much but your your brain is taking in too much serotonin Mm -hmm. which can cause you to be depressed so these ssris inhibits the serotonin receptors in your brain which means you're taking in less serotonin which means it's being recycled and turned into another chemical that i don't fucking remember um it's very what is what is there what does serotonin do i know there's like a, a lots of different chemicals that each you know do something else but i can't remember what that one is that's what i don't remember i think it has something to do with like sleep and more of your rest and digest state which is why i think you you know people who are depressed are very lethargic and you know it's hard for you to do anything i mean i'm even though i have a degree in it you know i only have such a basic understanding of it um, and I just don't remember a lot of that information mm-hmm. because it is very dense and very complicated. Right, right. Um, but essentially what it comes down to, with the biggest, I think what I was getting at is what I learned is that really your mood and the way that you handle things and the way that you function day to day are just chemicals in your brain. So your brain produces chemicals 
your you have receptors and producers of those chemicals in your brain. So as soon as that shit gets off whack for whatever reason, genetically or just or just because like it just happens like a lot of people who have depression don't have trauma or don't necessarily do have trauma or have any actual reason to be depressed the literally the only reason is because of their brain chemistry Hmm. okay yeah yeah so once i understood that oh not everyone has a mental illness because they were raised poorly or raised in a certain way or because they you know have trauma or anything like that sometimes it's just the chemicals in your brain Hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. And and that kind of blew my mind. And, um, that taught me a lot that taught me a lot about understanding that mental health is a complicated thing and you don't always have a choice in it. That, that was a big thing that I learned. So when I meet people and interact with people and, you know, maybe they are kind of hard to get along with, or, or maybe they have these really big flaws in their personality. You don't have to like, just ex- accept them wholly. Like it could still frustrate you and bother you. Like that's a normal human reaction, but you can understand it, it taught me empathy that whole degree and all those years and doing it, it taught me empathy. It allowed me to see so much like, Oh, I could see why this person is like really boisterous and really loud in a room and I can't feel like I can hang out with them because when I do, I get overshadowed and that doesn't make me feel good. I don't feel good because that plays on my inadequacies, but this person is very loud and boisterous and wants attention because they didn't receive that in a certain part of their childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So really all it does is it makes me put myself in their shoes and be like, okay, I could kind of understand why they have this personality trait. So therefore, Mm -hmm. you know, it allows me to try to be more accepting and not be, uh, so dismissive of people. Now I still do because I'm a person and I'm flawed. I (laughs) I will still get mad at people for no seemingly good reason, but it helped me learn to, you know, why, why does my friend do this this way? Like this really bothers me. I was like, okay, well, why does it bother me? Like, okay, well, this is why, because it relates back to this thing and my childhood or, or growing up and the way I was raised. So it just, it allows me to have a lot more empathy. And I guess, it, and I think it all kind of started in that neuroscience class. Like that was a big class for me because I really saw how easily, how easily things can change just because of your brain chemistry yeah or yeah, okay. or habits even you know right yeah that's cool um one of the uh the, the other things i wanted to ask you um I, I know like it's almost kind of a running joke now where um if you're talking to someone that either like studied psychology or is like a psychiatrist the running joke is like oh don't you know i'm, I'm not gonna tell you too much you're gonna diagnose me with something like um you're gonna you know sh- don't try to shrink me do you find yourself like doing that or is that kind of like a myth oh no 100 percent Hundred percent, you do. Hundred percent, I do. Every single person okay. that <laughs> okay. I that I get to know, and the and the thing is, is that you know I am not qualified at all as a <laughs> right. therapist. Like, so what? But what I do is that thing that I talked about with empathy. So like, yeah, it, yeah. So when as, as soon as someone says that, I'm like, okay, well, that just you have something in your personality you really, really, really don't like. So as soon as they, as soon as you say that to someone who does have some kind of understanding of it, 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, you got something there, don't you? You got something you don't like. <laughs> okay. So, Do you want to try to diagnose me? Uh, I have a little bit. So, okay. So, like, what I, what I realize about you is that you are... You're very, you're very soft-spoken, laid-back individual. Um, you're very quiet. Uh, well, you're not quiet, but you're very, you're very laid-back. You're very soft-spoken. You're easygoing. You, but you have a tendency to let people steamroll you. So you have a tendency to take a backseat and not be like a forerunner all the time. Um, I think the reason you do that is because you haven't done something in your life that you've truly excelled at because what i see in, as your friend is that you do well i think that you have confidence you do have confidence and you're a great people person um so i could be really off base but i think that like when you were younger and a child when you were when you were growing up you didn't have like you weren't really really good at a sport or you weren't really really good at this one thing so I think sometimes you you have confidence, you're a confident guy, but as soon as someone walks in with some some kind of like verboseness, you will you will kind of like shrink back down a little bit. So I don't think you're insecure, but I think you will move out of the way for people that you feel are more qualified to something. When I don't when as your friend, I don't think that's always true. Uh <laughs> I got nothing to say. You, I don't know. Besides, I don't think we can be friends anymore. Um, Cause I didn't know you were, you know, thinking that much about, you know, I mean, you're, you're spot on. I think everything you said is like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I could, I could see that. That makes sense. But that doesn't, um, but that doesn't, I just let you steamroll me. Well, like as, as you've got, like, as I've been your friend longer and like, we both gotten older together, like I will see you. Because early on in our friendship, like, I don't know if you recall or even really think about it. Like, I used to give you a lot harder of a time. And I was doing that because I wanted to toughen you up a little bit. And that was <laughs> nothing related to anything other than, like, I think Mitch is a little bit too soft. And he needs to he needs to learn how to, like, tell somebody some, needs to. Yeah, he needs to learn how to just tell people to fuck off. Um, I've gotten fairly good at that lately. Um, yeah, like there's some people. Well, yeah, and like I, I don't think it's like being a jerk. I just think it's standing up for yourself. But right, because we've worked on things creatively together, and I always had a fear that I steamrolled you, and I did. I did steamroll you. Um, but you also had this weird lack of confidence at first, where you wouldn't, you wouldn't speak up and say your idea, or you wouldn't come up with an idea because you didn't feel like you should. But I know the more that we've worked on stuff and the more we've done stuff, you it might take you a while because like ideas don't come to you the same way that they come to me. Um, I get like I get like too idea crazy and I'm just spitballing and spitballing like mm -hmm. you like to think about it, digest information and then you'll present an idea. And it always it almost always works. I cannot think of any idea that you've ever presented creatively that hasn't worked. Um. So as we've gotten older and gotten to know each other more, like you will present ideas a lot, a lot more. I like this. Or if I, or if more importantly, when I give an idea, you're like, okay, I hear you, but I don't think that's going to work. You didn't used yeah, to do that yeah. at all. Right, right. Now you, you keep me in check 
And well, I think part that's of it a big is difference. part of it too is that like you know when you're first getting to know someone, um, especially my personality too. Like I'm pretty much anti-confrontation uh, because I mean I I want people to like me, but you know the more you you know are around someone and get you know comfortable with them, you are more comfortable with uh, you know, and it's not even confrontation. It's just like, well. I'm close to you, so I know how I can, you know, tell you this without coming across like a dick. But I do think, I mean, also some of it is like, especially when we were, I, I, I think you were hinting at like when we used to like write music together. Um, that's because also like you are a f- f- much more, you know, f- far, far along musician than I am uh, and was. And that's not me being modest. That's me <laughs> like telling it like it is. So uh, and I, I'm definitely not as good as at coming up with stuff like off the top of my head, um, which is why I always kind of let you handle the, you know, grab the reins when we were writing stuff together because um, I, I can write some stuff, but it might take me you know, a, a few days and I need to be basically be by myself, like trying some stuff out. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's, that's pretty high praise, but that is true. I do have a, I, I have had a gift musically and fairly creatively to just riff on an idea and turn it mm-hmm. into something. So mm-hmm. I will somewhat humbly say that, yes, that <laughs> is, that is true. Like I can do that. Not, not as many other musicians I know can do that quite to the caliber that I can Mm-hmm. Um, but you're right. No, I, I think you're totally right. But yeah, like, I mean, but sometimes it's bullshit because like, I think some of that is true, but in other ways it's not because you also have parents that are still, still married. Mm-hmm. You have a fairly healthy relationship with them. You have a healthy relationship with your siblings. You have like a good and stable family. Now, your family's not perfect. No family is. But you have, like, this good, solid upbringing. Um, You know, you are a little bit more, you know, lax and liberal and maybe, like, some of your your normal beliefs or the way you carry out your life. But that really solid upbringing you had makes you a very level-headed and understanding person. Um, So, like, you know that's like the biggest thing I've noticed, but it's not a negative thing too. I guess that's the other aspect Mm -hmm. is like, I'm not saying that that's a negative aspect of your personality. It's just that it's, it's a pattern I've seen in you. Sure. Yeah. 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 But I don't want, I don't, yeah, I don't want you or anybody else think that that's like negative or bad or shitty. It's like, no, no, no. It's like, that's actually the thing about Mitch that I like. That's what I enjoy about you is that you're not, if I, I, I feel like now as friends, it's like if I get a little bit too out of hand or I'm ribbing on you too much, you're going to be like, like, hey, uh, you know, like, just stop. Like, you're being kind of an <laughs> asshole. Um, but I also don't yeah. do that now because I don't feel the need to because I see that you, like, can be assertive when you need to or want to. And mm-hmm. you will be, I think, a lot more honest with me. Mm-hmm. so i feel like no, that's cool i could be like you know hey do you want to shoot firecrackers in your house and you're gonna be like no no i don't want to do no. that <laughs> get the fuck out <laughs> right um <laughs> no 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 that's cool no the reason no the kind of one of the reasons i wanted to bring it up uh is because like um and no you 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 didn't uh no you absolutely didn't like hurt my feelings or tell me anything that i didn't know about myself but it was kind of weird uh hearing it come from someone hearing it come from someone that you know (laughs) like you know in the back of my mind i've always kind of like known that stuff to be the truth but i don't really you know 
put it like that to myself. And then also just like, yeah, hearing someone that, you know, you're friends with just kind of like figure out, figure you out like that is like, well, fuck, man, you're, uh, <laughs> yeah, you, you nailed it. But that being said, I, I'm going to tell you this, you straight up did not hurt my feelings because I am a grown ass man and I know who I am and I'm okay with who I am. Right. As you uh, should be. And I'm, and I'm, and I don't want to change that. You know, maybe in high school, like I would have been like super self conscious about, you know, some things about my personality, but, you know, I'm unapologetically me. And that's what growing up is all about. So, <laughs> yeah, I think you're totally right. I think what it comes down to is self awareness, uh, is usually the term used. So it's your understanding of yourself and why you do the things you do. Mm-hmm. And you could, I have always been pretty self-aware. Well, I say that, but it's, it just seems like each week and each day I learn more and more of, you know, why I am the way I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is important to take time and be introspective and, and really figure that out. And I think because it allows you to see your negative thought patterns as opposed to your positive thought patterns. So, you know, I have a plethora of things But like, I think day to day, I do have to deal with my inadequacy issues. I do really have to, if I, if I mess something up at work or I mess something up with a friend, um, or my girlfriend, you know, in, in, in my relationship, if I do something wrong, then it kind of like starts a negative thought pattern of like, oh, you did this wrong or you hurt this person's feelings. Like, you know, you're stupid. Like, why would you, you know, why would you do that? You know better than do that. Like, you know, uh, you know, you're not really a good person or at least makes me start to question like, why am I really a good person? Like, no, I'm not really a good person. And then I start cycling down into making myself feel bad and worthless. So that's my negative thought pattern. I've had to take that and transition it into a positive thought pattern being, okay, I did this thing wrong. Okay, but this is going to allow me to learn. So it's okay. Like, you're not stupid. You're not worthless. You just made a mistake. People make mistakes. Pick yourself up. Get back at it because that makes you, because you've always done that. That makes you actually, that, that's a big part of your personality. You're, you're a good person. You just make mistakes. So pick yourself up and learn from it. Now I've had actual th- like I've had counseling, so like this is something I learned in counseling is I ha- I've had to learn how to take a negative thought pattern and and transform it into a positive thought pattern because when you feed into the same habit or the same thought pattern, it's going to be what happens every single time without you even thinking about it. So you mm-hmm. have to learn to notice it, address it, and change it and turn it into a positive habit. So that way, when it happens, like like if I would get really stressed and my anxiety would be really bad. I would tend to drink a lot to like turn to like sex and like physical relationships a lot more. So I've had to learn how to balance that and turn it into when I get really bad anxiety or I get really stressed, I just do things that calm me down that are helpful and not destructive, mm-hmm. you know? So, uh, that's what I find really interesting about psychology and I do like the th- the therapy aspect of it because you can learn a lot about yourself and other people but that's why I like it and that's why I'm glad I have my degree because while you know I tell people all the time it's like look I'm not qualified I'm just saying like this sounds like this this sounds like what you're going through and it's like as your friend this is an aspect on it you know like you know when your friends like ask you for advice or they're not doing well or something 
Um, but like, I have plenty of friends where almost all we talk about is their mental health. Like I, I have one friend in particular, I don't say who it is, but he has mental health issues. And you know, every time we talk about it and if he's making positive improvements, I'm like, Hey man, that's good. Like, you know, I'm, I'm sorry you're dealing with that, but like you're making all these positive steps, man, you're doing this right. Mm-hmm. You know, this is everything that I've learned. Like you're doing really good things. If he's doing bad things, I'll be like, yeah, you know, I mean, like you're feeding, you're feeding the beast. It's mm-hmm. like you're doing the things that are going to cause you to cycle more and more in, into worse uh, mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, so look at you. You are using your degree. You're counseling people. The only difference is, you know, psychiatrists get paid for it and you're just putting it up as a podcast for free. <laughs> <laughs> that... Uh, <laughs> I I will say that people and I do have a few friends or at least like high school friends that I know that are in counseling and therapy and it is very 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 admirable. I mm-hmm. I find it incredibly complicated. Like as soon as someone came to me with like schizophrenia, I could not tell you how to actually help them change because that is chemically all in their brain. Right. So right. besides medicating them, I have no way to help them. Yeah. And that's where it gets real tricky and really, really dense. So a lot of, a lot of most people I think deal with like depression, anxiety, uh, and adequacy issues. You know, I, I have a few friends or a few people I've known that have personality issues, um, and personality disorders. So those are a little bit more typical as soon as someone walks, you know, as soon as I meet someone who actually has schizophrenia or, you know, has a very, very complicated, uh, you know, diagnosis like i i just i'm like look i have no idea like because i don't i don't that is that is where it's so nuanced so complicated i don't know how those people do it every day because it's Mm -hmm. exhausting yeah it will would be exhausting from what i can imagine yeah yeah no kidding so yeah any any other questions anything else anything else you're curious about um i mean that was that was kind of it i mean would you do it it, 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 you kind of already touched on this, but if you could go back and like do the whole college like degree thing over again, would you do that again, or what would you do? I tell a lot of people that I would, I would have thought about it. I would have picked out my career. I would have, and that's all true. That's all very, very mm-hmm. true. I don't know if I still want to pick psychology though, because I tell mm-hmm. people that I would have picked like something like film or something mm-hmm. where I could have gotten, you know, because. I have such, such a vested interest in that. And I don't get tired of talking about, I actually had a psychology and film class and the T the professor and other students, like at some point had to like kind of argue with me and they all kind of like, there was this one, it was a night class. And it was this one night where they were all like, Eli, we appreciate that you like film. That is not what we're talking about. And I was just (laughs) like, you know what? I'm sorry. You're right. I'll try and be better about it. It's just it. what I gravitate in a psychology in film class. I wanted to talk about what they did film wise to help <laughs> portray this. And that was right. not the point of the class. Was it was it a Kubrick movie? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, okay. <laughs> Well, if it would have been that, God help him, because I'd have been like, "Oh, right. bets are off." Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, f- Game over. Yeah, fuck you guys. Well, no, the, the the cool thing about your degree is like basically understanding humans and why they do the things that they do um, is helpful across the board in whatever career you're in. Um, I think that's it's always going to yeah. be a super valuable trait. So that's kind of where I'm like jealous. <laughs> well, 
You don't always get the job because you have a psychology degree, though. So, <laughs> but I Yet. think so. I think that I I have an I think that I have an ability to work well with people. Not because I'm like, oh, people are great. I love people. It's just because like I kind of can Jedi mind trick you into yeah. getting what I want out of you. Well, that's, I mean, the, the, I guess the reason I say that um, I'm kind of jealous is because I am in sales and sales is all about like, find the person's motivation and right. take advantage of it. So like, you know, find out what makes them tick and then use that against them. Well, but in, <laughs> <right>. yeah, <laughs> basically. Well, and I do, and I do want to put a little bit of a disclaimer is like, I am in no way saying that because I have a four year bachelor's degree in psychology that I have this big mm-hmm. great understanding or anything like that i think that i understood people before i had the degree i think i was good at reading people i think my degree helped me solidify some of those thoughts see how they're practically used and just it taught me a lot more about how people work so now i do feel a little bit more confident in that people aren't always as complicated as we think they are we all operate on this kind of system that's what I yeah. kind of learned through my degree. So yeah, I do I do use that. But I I am I am no I, I'm just a layman in it too, because I never ascended to any higher knowledge of psychology. So I'm yeah. So I just wanna put that in there. Yes. I don't wanna act <laughs> like I really know what I'm talking about. Right. <laughs> exactly. This is kind of what I've learned. Uh uh, okay so i think that was all the questions i had really i can think that kind of wraps it up that was pretty solid um yeah i I, pr- I do i will say that i appreciate you asking me about it because uh yeah i did spend six years of my life studying psychology yeah exactly and, yeah and i've always been super interested in it because like i said like i think if i could go back and do it again i definitely wouldn't choose business and i probably would pick something a little bit more you know the psychology route oh also there's a lot of fucking math really yeah <laughs> There is Never a mind, I'm out. Subst- more on the research side, but you have to understand psychology math, which is not normal math, Ooh. and that is yeah. not easy. So I do want to put that okay. out there. So, <laughs> oh, so this was weird. Um, I, we'll move on, but this was weird. So I was talking, I was talking to my other friend who actually has a master's degree. You have another friend? Uh, oh, God. <laughs> God damn it! Oh no! Um, <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> so I was talking to my friend who has a master's degree. Uh, we we both graduated from Wright State, but we were talking about like, so maybe all colleges are this way. Wright State kind of worked where like, you know, you kind of graduated from a specific college of the, of the university. Mm-hmm. So it was funny. My friend who is, uh, has a degree in education graduated from the liberal arts college. And I like to make jokes about liberal arts degrees and how they can't get jobs, which is hilarious because psychology degrees don't either unless right. you have a master's. <laughs> so it was kind of weird because uh, he graduated from a liberal arts college, which would sound more like where I would have went. Um, I graduated from the College of Science and Mathematics, <laughs> which is fucking weird because that was not it was never where I thought I would end up. There's something about your aura that says a liberal arts guy through and through. <laughs> right, though? <laughs> so when we when we talked about that, I was just like, that's fucking weird. Yeah, what right? <laughs> Anyways, all right. Well, we... So we have a podcast, and it's like an hour long, usually. We're going to go a little bit long today. But, like, we have to take a break? 
Is that normal or are we just are we just that lazy? Well, you know what? Joe Rogan has a three hour podcast and he like never takes breaks. So we might just be lazy Uh, or it could be. Let's tell the people we we took a break because we needed another beer. Uh, Yeah. And then while that's not good audio, (laughs) us getting a beer. Right. But 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 shortly after that, we we came back and we did kind of like a a semi what you drank in. But for no one because that's we we came to the conclusion that's just how we are um so that's why we take breaks because joe rogan doesn't i mean he's just got he's got assistants in the studio just like handing him bongs every day we don't have that (laughs) (laughs) professional bong packer i think well i think that's in just like like you saying that we really did like we were mitch was like well what beer did you get and i was like oh i got you know i got a budweiser what'd you get and he's like well i got this thing and it's just we did it because like this pot like literally the podcast is a normal conversation that we have it's like hey what beer are you drinking right now uh how's your week been uh also i've been thinking about the universe a lot lately uh also what music you exactly been yeah to. anything i should check out yep that's that's exactly yeah. what it is literally every fucking conversation yeah. so it's just weird we found this format anyways mitch what you've been cranking all right i have been cranking uh i've been cranking the rack and tours now I'm, I'm getting pretty excited they have a new album coming out here pretty soon uh they announced some tour dates uh so um i would love to go they're going to be in uh they're going to be pretty close so uh, i don't know if i'll get a chance to go but i would love to that's uh yeah jack white's on my bucket list i'd love to see him at some point um i i got to see him with the dead weather that's right okay yeah and I will admit that that and it was it was the tour for their first album. Hmm. It wasn't even later, and I, I think they did three. It was their yeah first tour. Yeah, no that and that was a. a I mean, I will say that fucker, despite how douchey he is, does put on a good live show. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, and he played the fucking drums. Like oh. that was also the thing in that band is he didn't even play. Uh, yeah shout out to dead weather yeah that's right um anyways Mm -hmm. moving on yeah no yeah absolutely shout out to dead weather um pretty much any of the the jack white empire is uh it's pretty good one of my friends just got me into the greenhorns you know about them Mm, sounds familiar i don't recall um a couple members of the raconteurs were in the greenhorns before the raconteurs like the drummer and then i think one other dude oh Gotcha. It's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. So yeah, check out that. Um, check out anything Jack White related. Even though, um, yeah, we kind of uh, agree that he's not the coolest of people, but his music kicks ass, and it's one of the uh, my my biggest inspirations when writing music. So yeah, he has his moments mm-hmm. of not super coolness, but I don't know. Everybody can't be a hundred percent cool a hundred percent of the time. Yeah, exactly. So. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I will say that I always, when we worked on music, I always wanted it to sound like the rack and Me too. That's what Me I too. wanted our band to be. Yeah. That's what I wanted it to be. No. We should have said, why did we say that out loud? <laughs> we could have done it. We never did. Wait, what do you mean? I thought we said that out loud. <laughs> did we? I don't know. We should have like covered them more. I mean, yeah, we definitely should have, but. Yeah. Uh, that would have helped a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Eli, uh, what you been cranking? So I'm going to be honest. I'm a little bit unprepared. Um, I haven't really been listening to anything. <laughs> okay. um, well, now so the podcast be... is ruined. Just delete everything. <laughs> we're not even going to upload this one. Nope, we're going <laughs> to shut down Uncle Ball. It's over. Um, everybody go home. 
Uh, so I'll be 100% honest. So I was still continuing with my Pink Floyd marathon. Mm. You just didn't feel um, like talking about Pink Floyd again? I just don't want to talk about it that much more, man. It's That's like, cool. Look, hey, you I, like them. That's cool. This is our podcast. Fuck the listeners. It my people who are close to me know that the Foo Fighters are my favorite band. True, true. They have been my favorite band for many years, uh, for various reasons I won't even get into. Uh, just accept it. They're my favorite band. I think they're underrated. I think they're important to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. But I won't get into it. Uh, um, I think Pink Floyd is starting to dethrone them because of just pink floyd anyways um i have continued with that um i do realize that around metal is where i really vibe on pink floyd really hard i don't i'm not in love with the earlier i don't like sid barrett that is a hard thing as a pink floyd fan to admit i hear his genius i hear his impact i don't really get it man he's kind of the music is so insane that it's hard to follow some of the early stuff is fine whatever when david gilmore joins i'm all on board Mm -hmm. so i haven't listened to the newer because they came out with an album in 2014 i don't know if i ever said that i don't know if i knew that yeah they had an album in 2014 i'm really excited to listen to that i never did anyways um but besides that i've kind of been just replaying stuff that i listen to so, to be perfectly honest, what I did listen to, however, the other day, got my record player set up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got got that set up finally. Um, just because I took a long, a big break, because I don't have a good setup, so I'm not listening to them in any sort of high fidelity at all. Uh, but I did decide to set it. I, I decided to take the time to tone in the setup I had to make it sound as good as possible. And it does sound good. It's just, you know, it's not an audio files wet dream by any <laughs> means. Um, but I put on Tom Petty's and the Heartbreakers, Damn the Torpedoes. I put that on, listened to it one afternoon. And I was like, damn, this is fucking good. Great album. Great album. And, that, and that's a really popular Tom Petty album, and I always knew the reason I bought it is because it was recorded at Sound City, uh, which, because of the Foo Fighters, I know how important Sound City is. Yep, yep, yep. Great and documentary a, also. Yes, amazing documentary. Uh, but when I, yeah, I put it on, I listened to it, and just, I, 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 I don't think I've ever appreciated Tom Petty as a musician as much as I did when I sat down that afternoon and listened to it, because you can hear his ability to write a song. You could hear his ability to play and the heartbreakers ability to play. And you could hear like the passion and the energy he puts into it. He has a very unique vocal style. I always kind of thought he sounded like Dylan, but um, he, he kind of does, but he has this, I don't know, man, like he, I don't know. He, he was original. I really felt like he was doing his own thing and i don't know it's just the album really surprised me so if anything in my music listening happened tom petty's damn the torpedoes is a fucking solid album start to finish has i think because it starts with refugee perfect perfect song and it's just such a fucking good Mm -hmm. song Mm -hmm. and just hearing it like you know on vinyl and i have i have like a really high quality record of it Mm -hmm. And it just, it fucking jams, man. I was like, God, this is good. This is just good. This is just good rock music. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, and yeah, no, I hate to I hate to hark on the uh, uh, Fleetwood Mac again, but when we saw them, they had Mike Campbell from Tom Petty's band playing, you know, in place of Lindsey Buckingham. And as much as I love Lindsey ah. Buckingham, God damn it, if Mike Campbell did not basically exceed my expectations and like it's like i didn't even really care at that point like he was such a phenomenal guitarist and he fit the band so well that you kind of couldn't even really tell that it wasn't lindsey buckingham <laughs> he's just a, right such a good dude such a good guitarist well and i think that's interesting like i think this is maybe the the only interesting thing about this particular uh, conversation this week but is because Lindsay Buckingham is a little bit more revered as like a guitar god mm-hmm. because of his originality and his style and his ability to write uh, but then like you said you know Mike Campbell from from the Heartbreakers uh, hearing his ability to play with like Fleetwood Mac and then I'm pretty sure I listened to him on Damn the Torpedoes mm-hmm. I mean I could be wrong but they're there, I guess it's like there's an under. There are so many good musicians that are like underappreciated because they didn't achieve like that rock god status mm-hmm. or what have you. Well, it's also um, it's also pretty easy to be overshadowed when you're in a band who is led by Tom Petty. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter how great of a guitarist you are, you pretty much always take back seat. True, and and the band was like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, but um. But yeah, I mean, there's just, there are plenty of people who fucking slay who are not, you know, achieve the rock god mm-hmm. status. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of an interesting thought. Maybe you don't need to be a rock god <laughs> to be important. Yeah. No, yeah. yeah. All, right. <laughs> All right. So really, we were just gritting through that so we can move to as promised. Yes. And this is why we're going a little bit long today. Um, so I. I'm going to regale everyone with the story of how I got maced. So here's what happened. It was my day off. And I'm also hearing this for the first time, too. So I am just as excited as you listeners are. Essentially, what happened was I it was my day off. I went out to a store uh, and I was shopping. I had a little bit of free time that day, kind of just doing my thing, shopping, not really having too many cares in the world doing my thing so store i'm in it's not a very big store i i'll just leave the name out of it just just because uh so i'm shopping minding my own business sky walks in it was it was closer to evening night time sky walks in and he looks fucking insane he does not look normal uh he looks like he's off his meds uh, his general attitude was that he was off his medication that he desperately needs. Mm. So he's acting very strange. So then what he decided to do was he decided to, he picked up a basket and he was going around their store and putting like super expensive stuff into this basket. And he, so I work retail so as a as a shopper, I'm like, this is suspicious, but not my pig, not my farm. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not going to worry about it. Um, but he had the basket tucked like a football hmm. as opposed to having it on the ground sure, or, sure. or just carrying it like a fucking basket. He had it tucked like a football. Not a good sign because that means he's going to carry that shit. At, like shit. <laughs> a, yeah, he's going to carry it like a football when he runs out of your front door. Yep, yep. So, like I said, not my pig, not my farm. Didn't want to, didn't want to really 
you know, get involved because I'm just trying to enjoy my day off. Um, but sure enough, man, he's loading it up, loading it up, loading it up. And I sort of see a situation of brewing. This guy has a bunch of shit in his basket. The employees have been watching him the entire time, paying zero attention to me. Um, so I see a situation about to happen. So I'm kind of just watching, seeing how it's going to play out. Uh, the cashier moves to the front of the door. So basically she's standing guard. And this girl was super tiny, 80 pounds soaking wet, like super tiny, but she's guarding that fucking door. So <laughs> he ain't getting through her. <laughs> so I kind of see that. I see like the manager or what I presume to be the manager, the other employee there kind of like go to a different part of the store, kind of like keeping some sort of like overview watch kind of thing. So basically uh, this guy with his basket full of everything starts to try to walk out of the store or he starts to walk in that direction. The cashier says to him, you know, registers that way. We'll help you over there. And he literally looked her dead in the face and went, I don't care. Ooh. So then I'm all ears at this point. I am very perked up to what's happening. So this dude just tries to run out. She grabs the basket of merchandise trying to get it. And then this, this shoving fucking tug of war starts happening. I mean, he is slamming the basket into her, trying to push her off. She's, she's like holding her own. Sure enough. I'm, I was super surprised. This 80 pound girl was kind of throwing this dude off his balance. So I had a reaction that I didn't expect to have. That reaction was, I'm going to charge this guy at full speed. <laughs> Street Justice Eli, spring it into action. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Apparently, it's kind of a thing. So I did. I full bore ran at this guy as fast as I could. He Because he wasn't stopping. I expected this to last all of like five seconds. Yeah. It was going on like 15. Jesus. Because he wasn't stopping. So when that clicked in my brain, I started bellowing towards this guy full speed he saw me stopped and i kind of like chased him all the way out of the store and i stopped myself from going after him because i'm like once again not my pig yeah. not my farm you know this isn't my thing i was just concerned for this uh young small cashier that he was jostling around because i'm like that's not okay yeah like yeah they knew you were going to steal they caught you like admit defeat like don't beat the shit out of her because so i pretty much chased the guy out of the store and i you know i just i start to come back and i'm like you know is everybody okay like you know sorry like i didn't mean to charge this <laughs> person this, this isn't my place but sorry uh and then as i'm looking into the store that cashier says he's got something in his hand so I thought he was gone. I turn around. He's still there. And sure enough, he's holding a can of mace and starts to he proceeds to then spray it at everyone. So I once again, knee jerk reaction, shove this tiny little cashier like back into the store and like she fell over Jesus. and tripped. <laughs> God. And that cor that kind of turned me into his main target, so he just sprays mace like all over the back of me. Jesus, man, that's crazy. I mean, all this happened, dude, in like twenty. Yeah. It, it was so fast, and then we're all just kind of standing there, like, "Is everybody okay? What the fuck did he spray? 
am I going to start dying? Yeah. Like, are we all good? And so, you know, that's, that's how it happened. So really in the end, it, it all came to pass. Um, I had an undershirt on, so I took off my shirt and we were figuring out. So we didn't know what he sprayed. Yeah. Like we were like, is it pepper spray? Is it mace? So what we realized is that like, I smelled it, which was, is not a good idea. If you get sprayed with something, don't fucking smell yeah, it. Yeah. But it, did, it had a paint kind of odor, kind of smelled like paint. So pepper spray uh, is like brown or red, mm-hmm. from my understanding, tends to be that color. This was like white. Okay, okay. It looked like he kind of just sprayed me with jizz. Like, I'm just going to be <laughs> blunt. That's what it looked like. And I was like, did this guy have an aerosol can of semen and that's what he sprayed me with? Because that's, I'm going, I don't know what I'm going to do, to be honest with you. I'm going to go try to find out where you can buy that. <laughs> or, or I'm going to make my own, save some money. <laughs> save some money, make your own, make it at home. So, you know, I think they called the cops like I, that that part. I don't really remember because I was just in awe. Yeah. So I, I I was like, you know, I don't he he hit me with it. It was all on the back of my shirt. It was in my hair. It was on. It felt like it had gone on me, but nothing was burning. My eyes kind of started burning, mm, but I couldn't I tell ask, if that yeah. was I, I couldn't tell if that was real or in my head. Mm. That was the biggest thing. So I'm like, whatever. I come home. With the, and then just on the way home, thinking like, I'm definitely talking about this on the podcast. Oh, like, yeah. thank you, yeah, yeah, weird right. fucking insane guy, for macing me. Yeah. Well, no. so I get home, I take a shower, and then all of a sudden, I realize I did. I up to this point, I thought that he had just hit my shirt. Mm-hmm. They didn't really hit me. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I realize that this motherfucker hit me in multiple places it was on my arms it was on my neck because it's Jeez. it's water activated oh shit so when you try and get it off with water that's when it starts burning it starts burning oh no and that's exactly what happened i mean it must have been on my hands because my lip was burning my arms were burning the back of my neck was burning oh, dude. i was like this motherfucker yeah. maced me that sucks dude he fucking maced me that's crazy um, so, I mean, really, there's not much to tell after that. I just, you know, it went away after a shower. Um, so, but it, yeah, that the one of the weirdest things that ever fucking happened. Yeah, to no, me. that's crazy. Um, no, I was just, I mean, I was thinking like, what? Okay, what if it wasn't mace? What if it was a fucking gun? You would have died trying to save <laughs> not your farm, <laughs> and then the podcast would be over. <laughs> Or I would just get a new co-host. I don't know. We need to talk about that. I'd just get a new friend. (laughs) (laughs) You're pretty replaceable. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, here's the thing is like, I have never had a situation like that unfold in front of me. I I can't lie. I'm kind of glad my knee jerk reaction is to protect other people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but that's immediately when she said he's got something in his hand. That's what I thought happened. For sure. I was back into the store with my back to him. This guy came back into that store to spray mace on everyone. Yeah. God damn, dude. That's crazy. So. Yeah. So it it could have been. I thought that's what it was for a split second, which is maybe why I shoved this cashier and she like I shoved her so hard she fucking like toppled over. <laughs> but I didn't know what was happening, and I felt that it I was between this guy who I had thought left and did not leave, which obviously was very concerning, right. and 
these employees of this store who haven't done anything wrong at all and i'm just kind of here but neither nobody seemed like they were like going to be in complete control of the situation right, so right. i guess like i just kind of position myself between everybody because i just didn't want anybody to get hurt um and then i got sprayed with mace <laughs> Which can, yeah, that'll mess you up. <laughs> so, you know, like, I did it all instinctually, though. So I can't really be like, I was like, I gotta protect this person. I was just like, I fucking shoved her down and I just kind of stood in front of everybody. And there weren't really any, but there's maybe other people in the store, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't really notice them. So, yeah i mean it was fucking insane no that's crazy um, man no it's it's kind of it's it's kind of crazy to think about like you know a lot of people say like oh what would i do in a situation like that well you fucking you did it you did it you faced a crazy man that may well have killed you with no regard just to I, save a, a random people <laughs> i i mean i guess like i mean that's i think in hindsight Perhaps, I could be wrong, perhaps me charging at someone full speed is a little bit more intimidating than I thought it would be. Mm, yeah, but I mean, the dude was obviously not okay. Um, he was obviously basically beating up on a woman, which is not okay. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like in hindsight, I think I would have liked to like have just stood by the cashier and just made sure she was okay and made sure that that guy left the store Mm -hmm. and then maybe he wouldn't have maced us but like we didn't know right right yeah well i didn't know because my reaction was i'm gonna fuck this guy up that was my first like the i think the only thought i really had was because at a certain point we were walking because i was running so fast that i almost tripped over him so then i was like I'm going to fuck this guy up. And then I restrained myself because that wasn't going to solve anything. He was leaving. And like, I, you know, obviously I'm like, I don't want to get the cops called on me because I'm outside beating the fuck out of this guy. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> which doesn't mean that I have an ability to beat the fuck out of anybody I wanted to. But if there was anybody who I was going to summon the ability to do so, it was going to be this guy. Oh yeah. No, I think you could take him. You could take him. Um, so yeah, like in hindsight, maybe that wasn't the best decision. Um, but I did not know what was happening. And I, I thought, you know, this innocent small cashier was going to not be okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's crazy, man. Whew. So yeah, that's how I got maced. That is a uh, Do not recommend it. No, zero out of 10 would not recommend Yep. Also got a little bit on my penis. <laughs> so that's a bummer. It's uh, a real bummer. That kind of kind of ruins uh, things a bit. Yeah. Not a fan. Yeah. Would not recommend. <laughs> all right. So, all right. Well, um, that was it. That was the Eli getting May story. Uh, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, be safe. Don't put pepper spray on your penis. Yep. Pretty pretty good call. Uh, if you get sprayed with an unknown substance. Wash your hands first before you touch your penis. I just want to go on record. I did not go home and jerk off in the shower. I was cleaning. Apparently, some still on my hand. No All one, right? no one was thinking that until you said that. 
Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I felt it somewhere. You were thinking it. Right, we I were all tell. thinking it. We were all thinking it. <laughs> <laughs> well, all this adrenaline. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just so, oh, so turned on. <laughs> so, I got to go. I got to stop by the sporting goods store and pick up some mace on the way home so I can just jerk <laughs> off with it because I'm that extreme. <laughs> oh, God. Um, don't tread on me. Don't tread on me. I jerk off with mace. <laughs> What'd you think about that, Nobama? <laughs> <laughs>